So on this afternoon, uh, this will be my last sermon for you guys for this year. This will be the last one for this year. I'll see y'all again in January, Lord's willing. But um, on this afternoon, uh, it, 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 will, it will evoke some emotion probably. Uh, it will make you feel one of two ways. It will either encourage you or it will convict you. Okay. Um, and that was why I had us read Second Timothy chapter 3. Because what I'm going to present to you today is the word of God. All right? This is not my opinion. This is not how I feel. This is what it is. Right? It is what it is. I can't change the words. I'm not going to change the words to fit me or to fit you. I'm just going to deliver it the way it is. Amen. And so on today, like I said, this, this word is going to either convict you or it's going to encourage you. But nevertheless, I want us all to understand that the word of God is true. Okay? The word of God is true. And essentially God's plan is to reestablish the kingdom order. Okay? What I mean by that, reestablish the way that he has it organized or orchestrated in his word. Right? And so if we're going to live Christ-like then we need to unlearn culture, right? And I spoke about this several months ago, right? The process of unlearning, right? And we understand the process, so now we need to apply this unlearning, right? Because if you're going to live Christ-like by default, you're going to have to unlearn culture. And even in Jesus' first sermon, what we call the Sermon on the Mount, right? He was talking to them about unlearning, right? You have heard it said, but I tell you, right? You have heard it said a tooth for a tooth, an eye for an eye, but I tell you, right? You have heard it said if a man commits adultery with a woman, but I tell you, if a man looks at a woman with adultery in his heart, he's already committed the act, right? And so you've heard it said, but I tell you. So even back then, Jesus was showing us that there are some things in culture that we need to unlearn, right? And... uh, my goal for us is to encourage spiritual growth, okay? And our spiritual growth is tied to unlearning, but it's also tied to learning as well, okay? And we just need to get to a place in our walk with Christ where we choose our heart. You say it's hard to live this Christian race or run this Christian race, rather, but we have to get to a point where we choose our heart, right? Um, You have to choose your heart. It's hard to detox from what was, but it's even harder to be bounded and addicted to what is, right? So we have to choose your heart. And uh, it's, it's hard for you to let go of that opportunity, or it's hard for you to let go of uh, what you thought you would have by now, but it's harder to try to force something that was never God's will, right? So we have to choose our heart, right? And uh, I know, sir, it's, it's hard to let that relationship go when you thought that she was going to be the one. Same thing for women. You thought that he was going to be the one. But I can guarantee you it's harder waking up and rolling over every day realizing that you messed up on your pick, right? So you have to choose your heart. It's harder to fake 
a smile when you know that you've messed up when you're sleeping with a real devil, right? So we have to choose our heart. And it's hard not to clap back at those who have something to say to you, like Moses, right? But it's even harder to miss the promised land, right? So you have to choose your heart. And we shouldn't let someone take us to a, um, a classroom where we've already graduated from, right? We've surpassed this level. Let's continue on and continue maturing and continue progressing as opposed to digressing and returning back to the classroom where we already succeeded from, right? And for some people, the only taste of success they will ever get is if they take a bite out of you, right? And so understand that. So we got to choose our heart, okay? And so believe it or not, one of the expectations of Christ living or living as Christ, living for Christ is for maturation, right? What do I mean by maturation? Develop beyond where you are right now, okay? Mature. You have to mature. And I want you to see this text. So, brothers, I'm going to need some of y'all's help. So, one person get uh, Hebrews chapter 5. Somebody get Hebrews chapter 5 and read verses 11 through 14. It's five verses. Hebrews chapter 5, verses 11 through 14. And what does that say? Of whom we have much to say mm -hmm. and hard to explain, since you have become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. The first one was like 14. Mm -hmm. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a baby. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age, that is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. All right. So we see that we have to progress beyond milk, right? right. We, we, we can't stay on milk forever, okay? Milk is for babies, all right? Yeah. We shouldn't be 16 still drinking breast milk. Right? We shouldn't be 36 still drinking breast milk. Right? It's not going to give us the same nourishment that that milk, correction, that meat will if we continue to feast on milk. We have to grow beyond these basic things, right? But if we never get to that point, if we never mature, we will continue to stumble on these basic principles, right? These basic principles. We have hashtag uh, kingdom man in our profile, hashtag Proverbs 31 in our profile, but we're supposed to be at a position where we're teaching others, right? But we still have to go back and learn the basics and the fundamentals, right? So we are not seeing this maturation process take place in our lives, right? So milk is supposed to be for a season, not a state, right? It's supposed to be for a season, not a state. It's not supposed to prolong us or, or carry us throughout our lives. We're supposed to take this milk, learn from it, grow from it, and then progress to meat, right? And so, uh, if God wants us to mature, what do you think the strategy of hell is right? to keep us immature? Right? If God wants us to mature and grow beyond milk, a strategy of hell is to keep us immature and keep us focused on these basic principles and these basic subjects. Right. And so hell wants us to stay carnal. Right. While God wants us to mature. But if he can devil can keep us immature, then he knows he got us. Right. He got us, right? And so if we know we're supposed to mature, but yet we see no progression, that's going to bring about frustration, right? And frustration, that's going to produce doubt. And we're going to have doubt in God, doubt in our faith, 
doubt in the Bible and doubt with everything that we're dealing with because we're stuck in the same classroom, right? We're not growing beyond where we should be, all right? So hell desires to keep us stuck, right? Stuck with the same problems, stuck with the same pride, stuck with the same lust, stuck with the same envy and the same uh, issues. So January 2022, December 2022, have we seen any progress in our spiritual walk from then to now, right? If not, that should be convicting for you, right? If you have, that should be encouraging for you, right? Because you've seen some progress, right? And so for some of us, we're looking like identical twins from the past and right now because we're looking exactly the same. There was no progress, right? And so the word of God is referred to as a sword, right? A sword. And that is, as Christians, our only our only offensive weapon. So hell wants to keep us, but the sword is meant to cut, right? It's meant to cut. But that um, umbilical cord of carnality, it must be cut, right? We, 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 we got to grow up, right? We have to grow up spiritually. And um, hell is saying, I want to keep you, right? Keep your pity. I want you to uh, stay overly sensitive. I want you to stay attracted to counterfeits. I want you to continue to keep getting high. I want you to continue to keep doing the same things that you were doing before that pleased your flesh because I know that you're not going to experience this maturation process that God wants us to experience, right? And so um, the method of hell, like I said, is to keep us the same, keep us around the same people, keep us doing the same things, right? And so God can send people our way, and hell can send us people as well, right? But how do you know who sent who? Yeah. Look at your life, right? Look at your life. Do these people cause you or encourage you to mature? Or do these people continue to allow you to do the same things that you was doing before and you stand immature and you're still drinking on milk when you're supposed to be feasting on meat, right? So that's how we're going to determine if hell sent us somebody or if God sent us somebody. So maturity, it provides you with strength. Right. And it, it provides us with the ability to do things that we never could before. Right. So some things that would stumble us or, or to uh, stump us in the past. Now we've overcome that and that no longer bothers us. Right. Now, that doesn't mean that we're immune to it, but it means that we have grown to a place that that's no longer our issue as for now. Right. We're moving on to bigger and better things. So I, I gave the analogy of January 2022 to this December. Let's go back even further. Go back to 2015. Right. 2015, who you were seven years ago to who you are right now, is that the same person or is that person any different, right? Are you still stumbling over the same porn addiction that you were struggling with in 2015 and 2022? Are you still struggling with these same uh, issues of I got to get somebody back in 2015 as you are in 2022? If you're not, then that should encourage you because you're seeing progression in your life, right? But if you're still struggling and still stumbling over these same stumbling blocks now, as you were seven years ago, that should convict you because you know you're not growing, yeah. right? You know you're not growing. And so for some of us, if we see that progress, that should be encouraging for us, right? That should enlighten us and let, let us know that some of us are too hard on ourselves, right? We say that stuff like, well, I just don't want to let God down. Well, newsflash, you was never holding him up. You can't let him down, right? So... Do you still cuss people out the same in 20, uh, 2022 like you did back in 2015? If you do, that should be convicting for you, right? If you don't, then that should be encouraging for you because you've moved on past that. Do you still have that same struggle with lust like you did back in 2015 right now, 
If you don't, that should be encouraging for you. Give yourself some credit, right? If you do, then that should be convicting for you, right? I'm not there anymore, so it should be convicting for you. And the reason, how can I say, the reason we're attracted to counterfeits is because we haven't matured and we can't differentiate between attracted and attractive, right? There's a difference between attracted and attractive. I can see someone that is attractive, but I'm not attracted because I'm married, right? If you don't have this maturity process going on, you can see someone who's attractive and you're attracted, right? So everyone who looks good to you, you want to go after them and you desire them as well, right? So you are attracted to those who are attractive, you know? So hell gets nervous when you mature, okay? So let's make hell nervous and let's get on this mature train and start maturing, right? And so I say all of that to say one of the reasons woman was created was to help man mature, right? One of the reasons she was created was to help man mature. Y'all wasn't expecting that plot twist, right? <laughs> so one of the reasons a woman was created was to help man mature. And culture would have you thinking, culture would have you thinking doing things God's way is kind of like Build-A-Bear, right? You go to the Build-A-Bear workshop, you have to do all these things because they're incomplete, right? But that's culture, right? And in your mind, you're like, uh-uh, he's supposed to have all of that stuff already. As a woman, you're thinking about a guy. He's supposed to have all of this stuff already. He needs to be all, at this particular point in life and have all this stuff situated. But that's culture, right? That's not Bible. And the thing is, hell will send you somebody who seems to have it all together, right? Who seems to love Jesus, right? Who seems to pray. Who seems to have six figures, six figures or even seven in the bank account. Right. But what we fail to realize is it's counterfeit. Counterfeits are sent like that. Right. And so we're limited because we're overlooking those who need help. Right. And we're looking at those like, I don't want none of that because he ain't got nothing. You know what I'm saying? He ain't got nothing for me. He can't take me nowhere. And so that is culture. And that's what I want us to get us to do through this process this, this afternoon. We're going to see we need to unlearn some things. Then we need to relearn some Bible things. Amen. Amen. And so uh, on this morning, I'm not going to give you my opinion. Nothing about this is how I feel. Okay. I mean, let me preface that again. Nothing about it is how you how I feel. But um, what I will say is this is going to do one of two things for the ladies. Um, when you hear this, it's going to be potentially hard for you to hear and to digest because one, you need to unlearn some stuff that you've learned in the past, or two, you're not a rib, okay? And if you're not, that's okay. Don't discourage somebody who is, okay? Just don't discourage someone who is, okay? So it's gonna be hard for you to digest because one of two things, either you need to unlearn some stuff or you're not a rib, all right? And so kingdom, right, have us doing things one way. Culture would tell us to do things a completely different way, right? But we know as Christians, we need to do things Bible ways, right? Because this is what we profess. This is what we claim that we believe. We need to do things Bible ways, right? And so this one is coming from the idea, my wife, my helper, okay? My wife, my helper. And wife is simply a title, okay? It's simply the title, but helper, that's the function, okay? Yeah. 
wife is the title, but helper is the function. And you know what? Today's modern uh, woman, the, their golden calf for today is this, okay? The golden calf for the modern 22 woman is this, right? Marriage, for a lot of them, not everybody. Some people don't desire it, got it, but a lot of people do. And if you don't have it, you feel insignificant. If you don't have it, you think something is wrong with you. If you don't have it, you figure that there must be some type of issue going on with you, right? And what I'm trying to do is, is help all the uh, singles to understand that this right here does not cure loneliness. Amen. This does not cure loneliness. Also, this is not always a blessing. Right? It is not always a blessing. So some of us are being jealous over people who settled. Right. A lot of people who get this have settled. Right. Whether they want to admit it or not, you're stuck in it now, but they have settled. Right. It is what it is. And, and check this out. They did it publicly. They spent thousands of dollars on it to settle. Right. They went on trips to islands and whatnot just to settle. And a lot of people may not realize it, but you're being envious or jealous over someone who settled. Right. And you're questioning yourself because you don't have this golden calf of settling. Right. And uh, we look to Adam and Eve for uh, illustration. Why? Because that's what the Bible gives us. That's the first institution. Right. So they are the first man and woman. And that's what we're going to uh, go to. So somebody one of brothers, please get uh, Genesis chapter two and verse number 18 and 23. And while you're getting that, um, God's original design was Adam and Eve, right? For this institution, right? This is the original blueprint that God has put in place for us to follow. And it shows us what singleness should look like as a man, right? Before we desire to bring on a woman, but also it gives us that uh, biblical design that we can learn and abstract from it. You know, the things that are written four times were written for our learning, right? So we are able to learn from the biblical illustrations that is given to us. And the prophet, uh, what's his name, Hosea, told us that my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge, right? My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. And uh, there is some knowledge that we just don't know because we were never exposed to it. But there's also some knowledge that we reject even though we are exposed to it, right? So my people perish because they don't have a lack, of, they have a lack of knowledge, right? And the thing is, there's nothing worse than an ignorant Christian, right? Uh, ignorant Christians, because now we're gonna be making decisions in the name of Jesus Christ, right? And now we're gonna be dissuading people from becoming Christians themselves because they say, you know what? I like your Jesus, but I don't like your Christians, right? Because your Christians don't look like your Jesus. Okay, so now I'm, I'm, I'm hearing and seeing two different things. You're telling me one thing, but what I see is something completely different. Okay, so I like you, Jesus. I like what you tell me about him, but I don't like the people that you're claiming to be these Christians. Right. And so we have this this uh, juxtaposition of being a Christ follower and Christ himself. Right. And so the ignorance, it causes us to make choices that contradict what we proclaim to be. Okay. And so. This is why I want us to see God's original kingdom design. All right. And so did I, do I got it up here? All right. Cool. Can somebody read that for me? Genesis 18 through 23. And the Lord God said, 
It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a heifer comparable to him. Out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. Mm -hmm. And whatever Adam called each living creature, that was its name. So Adam gave names to all cattle, to the birds of the air, and to every beast of the field. But, in a way, I think that's Hamilton. a woman. Can you take that off? But for Adam, that was not found a pepper comparable to him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam. All right, hold up right there. All right, so we see, according to the scripture, before Adam fell into a deep sleep, he had an assignment, right? And his assignment was to name every animal, right? He named the birds of the field and all that stuff. Got it. And in him doing so, he was not able to find a helper comparable to him, right? So he got the donkeys, he got the, the zebras, he got the monkeys, he got the apes and all this stuff. No animal can help him the way that he needed help, Amen. right? And so Adam had a job before his wife came along, right? Before she was even thought of, he had an assignment. Why is this important? Kingdom design is when a man, he's unmarried, right? He first has to know his assignment. What is he here to do? What is his purpose, right? What is his purpose? You, you got a guy who does not know his purpose. How is he going to lead you if he can't even lead himself, right? So you have to know your purpose first. And then we move into finding him suitable help. But if you don't know your purpose, how are you going to pick someone who's going to help you with your purpose? Okay? So if you don't know your purpose, you don't know why you're here, how will you be certain that the person that you pick is going to help you in your assignment while on this earth? All right? So we have to know our purpose first. Right? And I can't pick a rib if I don't know what I'm born to do. Okay? So we have to figure that piece out first. We have to figure out why am I here? So in my singleness, I need to know my assignment. And I know it's not common. But we see that it's God's design. Right? He had an assignment first. And uh, one thing I also want to say, this right here dismisses bestiality. Right? It, it, it throws that out the window because he did not find suitable help for him. So why would he try to get with an animal? Right? That's not going to fulfill his purpose. A toucan won't do it. A, a, a orangutan won't do it. A chimpanzee won't do it. No. He doesn't have any suitable help for him. Right? So he needs that help, right? So I'm naming all of you, but none of you are right for me. Amen. And so what we see is one of the kingdom roles for a man is to hand out or to assign identity, mm -hmm. all right? And whenever a man is absent from the home, Amen. he allows that household to, by default, engage in identity theft, right? Mm -hmm. Any and everybody can come into this household and assign identity, however he or she see fits, right? And so since I don't know who I belong to, now I feel significant by any name that I attach myself to, right? I get some Jordans, I feel significant by that, right? I get some Yeezys, I feel significant by that. I get some, uh, some uh, Ralph Lauren, I feel significant by that because I don't know 
my identity, right? When that man is absent from the home, he allows that household to be a, uh, a victim of identity theft. And that is what God has wanted us to see. It, God, he wants Adam, men, to assign that identity, right? So we have a role before we decide we want to take on a wife, right? And so while the man was asleep, he took a rib, right? This is very critical. Every woman is not a rib, okay? Every woman is not a rib. And we're going to see some women in the Bible who are not ribs, right? And, 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 and the scripture that we like to quote all the time, Proverbs 31, explicitly says that, right? We're going to see that every woman is not a rib. Some women are here to see your demise, okay? So every woman, every woman, every, every woman is not a rib, okay? Uh, choosing someone who's not a rib can be detrimental to your health, right? Detrimental to your life, detrimental to your vision, detrimental to your dreams if you pick wrong, right? And so that's why it's very important to know who you are, why you are here, so that way you can pick from that, right? And so now you're picking biblically as opposed to picking from culture, what we see on Love and Hip Hop and what we see on uh, the Housewives of Atlanta and all this stuff, right? And so after he took the rib, he uh, formed a woman and Adam said, look, this is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh, and I should call a woman, right? And so he's saying he couldn't find this help that this woman can bring with the monkeys. He couldn't find it with the giraffes or the zebras or whatever animals he was naming. And so next we see that the purpose of the woman was twofold, right? To be the good, to be the good. It's not good for him to be alone. I'm going to make that good, right? And also, uh, it, it's, it's, how can I say It's, it's not good and also for multiplicity, okay? There should be increase in his brother's life, all right? Because he can now have help that he never had with the animals, and now he has help with this woman, okay? So to be the good and to produce that increase, all right? And so a lot of times we may not realize it. Well, you may not realize it. I'm saying we. You may not realize it, ladies. When you're saying someone, I need to... Uh, I need to be married, right? I, I wish I was married. I desire to be married. God, send me a husband. What you're really saying is, God, send me somebody who needs some help, okay? Send me somebody who needs some help, and it's not, it's not common, right? We don't think of it like that. We, some, for some people, uh, we look at uh, hypergamy, right? I want to marry up, okay? I want to marry up. I, I need somebody who can help take care of me and all of this stuff. I want to be a housewife. Got it. But... We need somebody who can help, right? That's the design for the woman, to help and to be the good, okay? So forget that high-value man. That is culture, okay? Everybody wants a high-value man. What is that, six figures and six-pack and all this stuff? You want a, uh, a guy who, who, who makes a lot of money, who has a, a, a high-paying job, who has all of these accolades. That's, that's, that's great. But counterfeits come in that form as well, okay? Counterfeits come in that form. You're saying you're called to be a wife and rib, and essentially you're saying you, you, you want to be that help that a man is in need of, right? And I know it's hard for some of you to, to digest, right? And if that's the case, we have to unlearn 90s R&B, right? We have to unlearn what mama told you. We have to unlearn what society has told you because that method has us picking fools, right? 
It has us picking fools. And so what I want us to understand is this right here. So there's a process. Influence, decisions, patterns, and systems, right? Influence. What is your influence that's causing the system at the end, right? So the 90s R&B, the, the uh, love and hip-hop and all the stuff that we see, the carnality that we see in media, that's our influence, right? And so now that's going to affect our decisions, okay? It's going to bleed over to our decisions, and it's going to uh, affect our patterns, and it's going to affect our systems as well. And the unlearning, I spoke about it previously, that... Uh, it's, it's, it's hard for us to digest because we got influences that affect our decisions, right? Influences that affect our decisions would eventually affect our patterns, how we conduct ourselves. It affects our systems, what we habitually do, okay? And a lot of times, the reason it's hard to unlearn is because that first one, that influence is toxic, okay? It, it, it's not biblical. It's toxic. And that's causing us to produce toxicity in our systems, okay? And so God wants to free us from this toxic system, so we have to unlearn carnality and relearn scripture, okay? And so we need to be free from this system. And what makes it so hard is because a lot of times we're often sleeping with the influence, okay? We're often sleeping with the influence. And of course, if you're pleasing your flesh, it's going to be difficult to uh, get rid of that influence, okay? So while my struggling with this influence where well, you're dating the influence man you're dating the influence sir you're, you're you're constantly viewing the influence every single day when you get in your car you listen to it all the time when you watch tv you're watching it all the time this is your influence right and so uh, i have a, a system of abuse i have a system of alcohol dependency whenever i go through some stuff i gotta get me a bottle of hennessy and i gotta medicate myself that way right uh, if you look at the influence, if you're constantly seeking outside substances to medicate what you're going through, yes, you have a, a dependency problem, but also you have a system of running away from your problems, okay? You, you, you're trying to drown your problems out, okay? We, we, we turn it to alcohol, we turn it to the weed, we turn it to stuff that's going to mentally take us away for a little bit, only for us to realize that we're still in the same position that we were before, right? And so, yes, we've developed a habit of uh, alcohol dependency or drug dependency, but it boils down to a system of running away, right? So let's address that, okay? Well, we have a system of uh, every, every time we, we go somewhere, we have to uh, feel like somebody's out to get us, right? We feel like somebody's out to get us, and the thing is, a lot of times we find ourselves doubting, right? I have a system of doubt, and where did that come from? Well, it came from most likely uh, parents who said it's going to do one thing, but never followed through, right? And so now we have a system of doubting everything somebody says because when I was younger, now I have developed a habit of not being uh, cared for or I can't rely on you like I should, right? And so now I doubt everything you say to me, you know? So I built up a system of doubts that caused me to have my decisions affected, that caused different patterns in my life that now I have a, a system of this thing, right? And so when we think about it, we have to go back to the root of it, the influence, to start over and relearn this process, okay? And so I say all of that to say that if Bible is not our influence, it can never be our system, okay? If Bible is not our influence, it can never be our system. And how can Bible be your influence when you only uh, dabble in it on Sundays, right? You only dabble in it 
on Wednesdays, right? Whenever you're here. But outside of here, you never crack your Bible open. You never study for yourself, right? So now that would never be your influence because you're not intentionally putting forth that effort to make it your influence. Does this make sense? Okay. So the lack of kingdom living is, um, how can I say, is, is, is a catalyst for why we continue to be deceived by others. Okay. Because I'm not biblical in no area in my life, it's hard for me to discern what is biblical. Okay, because I don't have any biblical influence. Okay, so it's very simple, but I want to take the time to understand that we need to have this biblical influence so that way it could affect every other aspect of our lives from our decisions to our patterns to our overall system. Okay, and so uh, I want to go, I want us to go back to that uh, Genesis chapter two when it says, I will make, right? I will make, so not your degrees, right? Not what um, your mama said, not what. You wonder not what uh, you think, right? I will make, God will make. And I thought to myself, well, how do you make? And then I uh, thought about the process of cooking, right? How do you cook? Okay, you, you have some seasoning and you have some fire, right? You have some seasoning and you have some fire. So you got a little bit of seasoning of uh, virtue, a little bit of seasoning of honesty, a little bit of seasoning of trustworthiness, a little bit of seasoning of character and then you got some fire right that fire helps them season that that season to marinate down into whatever it is you're cooking right and so uh when we think about people right how do i make how do you cook so if you are a cooker so when i first started really thinking i can cook i started cooking some chicken breasts right very easy to bake chicken breasts but I didn't know anything, had no knowledge about a meat thermometer. So my way of checking to see if it's done is to cut it in the middle, right? To make sure the middle is done, okay? So I put it in the oven, be cooking, and I'd be real hungry, you know? And uh, got the oven on 350, 375, and I seasoned it up real nice-like, and I go to open that oven, not realizing when I open the oven, I'm letting all the heat out, right? And now the, when I close the door back, it has to reheat the oven, right? So don't be like me and open doors prematurely and prolong what's being made, right? And so if you, if, if, if you think about cooking, you, uh, well, when I was doing it younger, before I had a thermometer, I would cut it in the middle, cut that chicken in the middle just to see it was still raw in the middle, right? And that's like a lot of us sometimes, right? We still raw in the middle, right? And so we still got that entitlement in the middle. We still got that lust in the middle. We still got that, uh, uh, that sense of uh, pride in the middle. So what does God do? He put us back in that fiery furnace, right? He put us back in that fiery furnace. And that is the only way we're able to experience that fourth man in the fire is being in that fiery furnace. We can't experience him no other way, right? So the only place we can experience that fourth man in the fire is actually being in the fire. So, ooh, they, 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 they really getting on your nerves at this job, right? You in that fire, you know? Yeah, yeah, this HOA is getting on your last nerve. Yes, sir. <laughs> but, yes, you in that fire, you know? At, 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 the, at, the, at the school, they keep calling you about your child. Your child just don't know how to behave themselves. You in that fire, you know? So put you back in that oven so you can get that seasoning marinated all the way through to the middle, all right? And so uh, don't open those doors prematurely because all we're doing is just prolonging 
what's being made, okay? It's not always comfortable being in that fiery furnace, but understand and know that you have that fourth man in the fire with you, right alongside you, okay? And when you come out of that thing, you're not even going to be smelling like smoke, right? You're not even going to smell like smoke. And so uh, we still, some of us still got that poverty-stricken mindset, right? And so the thing is, we're not passing no judgment. We're just putting you back in that fire, right? Just putting you back in that fire. So when you run from that heat, you, all you're doing is prolonging that being made process, that cooking process, okay? And so uh, a lot of us accept it, you know what I'm saying? It's hard. It's hard to deal with these jokers on the job. I get it. I understand it. But you got that fourth man in the fire with you. And so uh, some of us, I keep saying us, some of y'all, women, right? Some of y'all, right? Some of us, if you cut us in the middle, still raw, right? And so if you were to be served a raw piece of chicken, you could run the risk of getting sick, right? And so some women will make some men sick, right? It's not personal. You just raw in the middle, right? You just raw in the middle, right? You, you, you have to finish being made, okay? Just get back in that fire and finish being made and then you'll be good. You'll be healthy. But some of us, the way that we are now, the way that you are now, being served to a man right now, you will make him sick, right? And that's, that, 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 that's, that, that's no judgment, right? It's, you're still raw in the middle. So it's not a bad thing to have to be made. Just understand that you still have to be made, all right? Uh, if this is hard for you to hear, either we have to unlearn some of our influences or we're not a real, right? You're not a real. The Bible says, God says, I will make her. I will make her. And uh, I, I wondered to myself, what happened uh, to where we feel as though only men can teach in the area of relationships okay because if you look online now you got a lot of men who are dishing out relationship advice and a lot of women are flocking to them listening to it right but a, a scripture that we quote all the time or reference all the time in the church is proverbs 31 right but i don't even know if if you know but some of us may not even realize that it's a mama talking to her son right and proverbs 31 right so yes, we, we, we go down to about what's a virtuous wife and all of that stuff. Got it. But did you read the first few verses at the top? Right? The first few verses at the top. Proverbs 31, 1 through 3 says, The words of King Lemuel, the utterance which his mother taught him. What, my son, and what my son, what son of my womb, and what son of my vows? Do not give your strength to women, nor your ways to that which destroys kings right and so what i'm saying not all women are ribs women who destroys kings is that a rib no obviously not right so don't be offended by saying by hearing me say that not all women are ribs all right we got some women out there that are fortune seeking right and and today's culture we call it gold diggers right so we got some fortune seeking women out there and what will happen to them fortune seeking women to those men they will shipwreck leaders, okay? They will shipwreck your life. What happens to promiscuous women? You give your strength to them. They will shipwreck your life, right? And so not all women are ribs. It just is what it is, okay? So again, this is not Kyrie. This is Bible, all right? This is Bible. 
And so Proverbs 31 is simply a king listening to his mama. Okay. A king listening to his mama. Some of the mamas in here. Do y'all coach your sons on what to expect from a woman? Right. Because a man can tell a son what to expect. But it's, it's different hearing it from a woman, right? Be, be, be aware of these women who will shipwreck your life, right? Because they're out there, you know? You can't be attracted to everyone who's attractive, right? We got to have some type of discernment, right? And so when you ladies come into this man's life, there should be a cause for multiplicity, right? You should cause something to increase, something to double, right? If, if it stays the same, you ain't a helper. You know what I'm saying? You're not a helper. Just put it, put it plain, right? And so Adam, he, I need help. Adam needed help, right? Adam needed help. And me personally, I needed help, right? And when Polly came along, I, I, before I had two eyes, now I got four for her, right? And so now I see things that she can't, that, that now she sees things that I can't see, right? Before I had two hands. Now she came along, now I got four hands to help, right? And so the wife, she brings increase, okay? The wife brings increase. And Adam, check this out. He was not broke. Adam wasn't broke. He wasn't fatherless. He didn't have mommy issues. He didn't have daddy issues. He just did not have any help. That's what he needed. He needed some help, all right? So wife is the title, but helper, that's the function, okay? And so, sisters, uh, I need you to understand that How can I say it? Try not to to be offensive, all right? Uh, If if you don't understand your value, you will mistake your contribution as help, okay? If you don't understand your value, you'll mistake your contribution as help. See, I I, I helped you when you didn't have nothing. You know what I'm saying? Don't mistake your contribution as confirmation, all right? Uh, If you are contributing and nothing is increasing, you're not helping, right? If, if you are contributing and nothing is increasing, you're not helping, right? And uh, if you are contributing and nothing is multiplying, you're not helping. And I don't want us to reduce the, the use of a woman down to bearing children. That's not what I'm saying, right? Let's get that out the door right now. But if you're contributing and nothing is increasing, you're not helping, all right? And so the help of a woman should bring a mathematical equation to this brother's life by increase, by multiplication, right? And it's not that I couldn't do math before. I couldn't multiply prior to my wife, right? And so it's her help that helps me multiply, right? And Adam couldn't be fruitful and multiply without Eve. So uh, I wonder what happened as though we feel that a woman can't help a man discover. Can somebody get Proverbs 31? Proverbs 31 and, and, and go down to uh, verse number 11. What does that say? Proverbs 31, number 11. The heart of her husband safe to trust her, mm-hmm. so he will have no life of gain. She does him good and not evil all the days of her life. All right. Appreciate it. So it's as if the text is suggesting that there's a level of wealth that a man can get on the inside when he can trust his woman. 
right? There's a level of wealth that he will get on the inside when he can trust his woman. And I could be a millionaire, but if I can't trust you, I feel broke, right? I feel broke. And I, I want to say this, uh, sisters, the, the vulnerabilities of a man is the most intimate part of him, okay? For us, that's intimacy, all right? A man can give you his time. A man can give you his body. A man can give you his money. But if he doesn't trust you, you will never know what makes this man scared. You will never know his insecurities. You will never know what his fears are because he doesn't trust with you. He sleeps with you, right? He sleeps with you, but he doesn't trust you, okay? And so uh, what is trust? I need us to get this. Trust arrives when actions and words color coordinate, okay? They color coordinate, all right? So the, the Google had trust definition as the firm belief in the reliability, truth, ability, or strength of someone or something. Uh, it's, trust is when I can share my vulnerabilities with you and know that you're not going to use it as ammo against me. Amen. Right? I can, I, can, I can show you my Clark Kent, but you will not disqualify me from being Superman. Yeah. Right? You're not going to disqualify me from being Superman just because you see my Clark Kent. Yeah. Right? So I asked the question, do you really want the vulnerabilities of a man? Or do you want the idea of it? Okay, because before you say I do, what if it's ugly? What if it's dark? What if it's scary? Do you still want that part? Right. Because what if this part of the man that you see on the outside, he's obviously a male, a man. But what if his vulnerabilities are still in kid form? Right. Do you want that part? Are you going to help him with that part? All right. And again, I'm not saying that men have to be builder bears to be a, a great man. Not at all. But just understand, a kingdom man is going to need some help. Amen. Okay? A kingdom man is going to need some help. And I, I stand on it. There's no kingdom man that could uh, stand up anywhere and say that I am the man I am today free from my wife. Amen. Right? I, I, I can stand on it. There is no kingdom man who can say and say that I am the man I am today free and apart from my wife. Amen. All right? And every man who's married, because it's going to be the single ones who say, uh-uh, you ain't got to do all of that. Sometimes you do. You know what I'm saying? You, sometimes you do. Just ask a married woman who's married to a kingdom man, right? And I stress emphasis on kingdom, okay? A biblical man, right? He needs help. That man needs some help, right? That man needs some help. And uh, the man that says he doesn't need some help, you can't help him. All right? So the one who says that he don't need some help, guess what? You can't help him. All right. So move on to the next one. All right. And so I need my, 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 my generation to understand that uh, when you're saying that this is what you want, just recognize that he's not sorry. All right. He's not sorry. He's not broke. He's not busted or disgusted. Okay. This man just needs some help. All right. He needs some help. And as a, as a lady, your help should bring forth double. All right. It should bring some type of multiplicity to this man's life, right? And uh, what if, um, so we got a lot of say, a lot of folks who are, uh, so a lot of women who say that uh, he needs to have that before I get with him, right? He needs to have all of this stuff before I get with him. Well, what if when you get with him, it causes that, right? So he needs to have six figures, he needs to have all this stuff, he needs to have a house, a car, all this stuff. But what if when you get with him, it causes that, right? And all he needed was some help, right? Yeah. And now you ride this gravy train on the top, too, on the, on the top with him, okay? But 
we looking for counterfeits because we're looking for someone who has all this stuff already. And nah, it's not the same, right? And so uh, I, I, I mentioned it a little bit on, on, on Wednesday. I think it was Wednesday. That um, who I am today and who I was 2011 when me and Polly got married, two completely different guys, right? Two completely different guys, right? And so when we first got together, well, started dating 2010, 2011 time frame, um, I'm still at home with my parents, right? I'm still at home with my mom. Start, just started in my career in law enforcement. And uh, we got married, right? Got married, had a baby, queen, then got our own house, right? Down here in Locust Grove. And then after that, we had another child, Katie, right? And then sold the house for profit, bought another house, then made life over there. Sold the house for even more profit, then bought another house and made life where we are now, you know? And material possessions aside, she helped me multiply, right? I can guarantee you I'm not where I am because of my own doing, right? It's only because I had help, right? That's the only reason I am where I am, okay? And each time is progression. Every, every season in the life, is, there's some type of progression, right? And uh, aside from phys uh, physical or, or material things, spiritually, there is some growth on my side as well. She was the one who introduced me to the church, right? Never knew nothing about it, never heard of it. First time coming here, I'm like, what is this? What a, what a, what a, what a, what a music at? You know? Like, this is, this, is, this is crazy. But I had to learn, right? And once I learned, I say, I, I get it. You know? Don't add to the word, don't take away from it. I can't take away from it. You know? I can't add to it. Understand that. You know? And so, naturally, I'm introverted, right? Don't care too much for talking, okay? But being here, and being with her encouraged me to get out of that, right? Get out of that, 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 I don't want to say a shell, but get out of that way, right? Mm -hmm. And now teaching classes, doing sermons and all this stuff. So progressing spiritually on top of that. And also, so this is what you see out here, right? But behind closed doors, she encourages me to walk Christ-like, right? She encourages me to do what I got to do to make things right with Christ, right? And so there is some multiplicity going on in my life because I had a good pick, right? And so that's what I want to stress to us. The good pick will benefit you, but a bad one will terribly hurt your life, okay? And so uh, there are two women that oftentimes go overlooked in Scripture, right? We always talk about Esther. We always talk about Ruth. We always talk about uh, Jezebel and Abigail and all these other prominent women of the Scriptures. But we never talk about Shifra and Pua. Right? Shifra and Pua. And some are like, who, who are they? You know what I mean? They had, a, they had a small part in the scriptures, but they played a major role, right, in the Hebrew uh, lives. So Exodus chapter 1, verses 15 through 21, it says, Then the king of Egypt, talking about Pharaoh, spoke to the Hebrew midwives, of whom the name one was Shifra and the other one name was uh, Pua. And he said, when you do the duties of a midwife, for the Hebrew women, and see them on the birth stool. If, it's a, if, if it is a son, then you shall kill him. But if it's, a, if it's a daughter, then she shall live. But the midwives feared God and did not do as the king of Egypt commanded them, but saved the male children alive. So the king of Egypt called for the midwives and said to them, Why have you done this thing and, they, and, uh, and saved the male children alive? 
And the midwives said to Pharaoh, because the Hebrew women are like are not like Egyptian women, but they are lively and give birth before midwives come to them. Therefore, God dealt with them, uh, dealt well with the midwives, and the people multiplied and grew very mighty. And so it was because the midwives feared God that He provided households for them. So I'm seeing the connection: uh, fearing God and having your own family. Right? I'm seeing a connection where not listening to people can help you be blessed, right? And so Shifra and Pua, Pharaoh wanted them to cut, right? Cut these male children down, cut them as a seed, cut them before they be can become warriors, cut them down before they can become men, cut them down before they become fathers of the household, cut them down, cut down these Hebrews, right? The Hebrews were God's chosen people at this time, okay? And so Pharaoh, he wanted them dead, the males anyways, right? The females, he let them live, but if it was a male, the order was to cut them down. And Shifra and Pua, they feared God instead, right? And so they listened to God, and so they chose not to cut, right? And so my question to ladies is, your tongue, which is your knife, do you cut this man down, or do you cut him to, to release the umbilical cord, okay? When you cut him, your words can cut, right? Uh, are, are you cutting with the purpose of cutting umbilical cord so he can grow and be free from being a babe? Or are you cutting to hurt him, to kill him, to emasculate him, right? What is the purpose of you cutting with your tongue, okay? Something to think about, all right? And so when we look at this, men tend to carry vision, right? The wife can help him hold the vision, okay? Man, you got this idea of what you want, and sometimes you need that help from a woman to get you to where you plan on going, right? So, man, they carry the vision, but the wife can help them hold the vision. And all of this was inside of me before I said I do, all right? And so I was carrying it, but it was my wife who helped me to hold it, right? It was my wife who helped me to hold it. And, and so, uh, sisters, I implore you to not cut down your husbands with your mouths, all right? Only reason we should be cutting, you should be cutting, is to cut that umbilical cord that's keeping him in the womb. All right? And also, brothers, for you too, we have to be able to receive the help. Okay? We have to be able to receive the help. And sometimes what she says, it cuts. And it don't feel good. But understand, she could be cutting that umbilical cord that's hindering your potential for growth. Okay? And it may not feel good, but it's necessary. And so, uh, brothers, if she is your wife, she is your rib, you must trust her that she's not going to hurt you. Amen. Right? She's not going to hurt you. And uh, what I got else? We're about to wrap this thing up. What do helpers do? All right? I got six points, and the day is yours. Uh, so, one, I already told us that helpers, they produce double. Okay? Helpers, they produce double. Um, due to me, Adam, you can have more Adams, right? Due to Adam having Eve, he can have more Adams. And so let me put this out there again. The value of a woman is not just limited to adding to a bloodline. Okay? It's not just limited to that. And you can have that with the monkey, but you can have it with the wife. But it's not just limited to that. All right? And also, Adam said he needed help. God did not send him a brother. All right? So Adam said he needed help. God, he did not send him a brother. Amen. All right? 
And so we, we noticed Adam didn't get a brother named Steve. So he got a woman named Eve. Okay. And so there's a certain level of help that a woman only can bring you. Right. A brother can't help you out the same way a woman can. Right. If, if, if we move in heavy stuff from one point to another, got you. Give me a brother. I'll I, I take that. Got it. But that's not the only help that I need in this life. Right. That's not the only help that I need in this walk. Okay. I need the help that only a woman can give. Okay. And so God made uh, Eve. And uh, how can I say? Uh, when God ordained it so that way when a woman walks in the room, help walks in the room. Right. So you can, you can have some help that a brother cannot give you. Right. And uh, that help, it should produce increase. Number two, they don't listen to Pharaoh, right? They don't listen to culture. They don't listen to love and hip-hop. They don't listen to Hot 107.9. If you listen to it, got it. But you don't take that as advice. Let me say that, okay? You don't use that as life advice, and you say, you know what? I'm going to follow what um, Candy Burris did because this is who I see before me. I'm going to follow what NeNe Leakes did, did because this is who's before me, right? There are women of standard. No. Yeah, you may see it for entertainment, but... We're not using that as influence in our lives, right? It's, it's simply entertainment, and leave it at that. It's not influence. Bible, that should be our influence, okay? Bible should be our influence. And we're not allowing perverted minds to be our love professors and wonder why we keep having uh, issues while we're dating devils, right? Because we're letting these, uh, how can you say, carnal Ill, uh, characters be our love professors, right? How are you going to allow the demonic to teach you how to handle a kingdom affair? You can't, right? Marriage is a kingdom affair, okay? And so God made it. If your iPhone breaks, you're not going to take it to Microsoft, right? You're going to take it to Apple. So if your heart breaks, take it to God, right? Take it to God, the one who made it, right? And so we, we, we keep wondering why every time we have issues, we run to weed, run to sex, run to alcohol, right? No. That stuff is not going to mend a broken, a broken heart, right? Only God can do that. So take it to the, clean, the, 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 the king of glory, all right? Take it to him. And so sometimes our blessing is tied directly to who we're not listening to, okay? It's tied directly to who we're not listening to. Shifra and Poole, they didn't listen to Pharaoh, and they were blessed, okay? So sometimes our blessing can be tied to who we're not listening to. And also, your blessing is tied to not treating them like they treated you, right? You want to limit your blessing? Start cutting people, right? Start cutting people the wrong way, right? Number three, they're trustworthy, all right? Helpers, they're trustworthy, all right? The women, when they were on their birth stools, they were in a vulnerable state, right? Very vulnerable. They're in a position where they're giving birth. And they have these midwives who have been given orders by Pharaoh, the king, to kill their sons if they give birth to a boy, right? And so they're hollering and pushing, and they don't care who's in the room. They just want to get their baby out. Uh, I'm sure a lot of you mothers can testify to that, right? You don't care who's in the room. Just get this baby out. And uh, just understand, she's vulnerable in that state. And they could have killed that baby. And they had every right to. They, they, were, they were ordered to to kill that baby. But the women who feared the Lord, they can see a vulnerability 
and protect it. Right? They see a vulnerability and they protect it. And that's why trustworthy, that's why they're trustworthy with uh, vulnerabilities. Because they see that, that, that nakedness and they clothe it, right? And that vulnerability as a man, that's my most fragile part of me, right? If um, you see me nude, not talk about physically nude, but see me being vulnerable, I'm expecting you to dress it, not keep it naked, okay? How do you dress it? You pay it with a compliment, all right? So uh, remind him of who he is. I'll use myself as an example. Uh, so oftentimes, during my sermon preps, um, I'm always wondering to myself, and I ask probably all the time, I, I hope I make sense when I'm up here. I hope when I, when I speak, people understand what I'm saying, and it's making sense, and it's resonating with people. It's relevant. And uh, she said, you know what, babe, you're going to do good. You're good. You're, you don't have to worry about not making sense. You're going to do good. You're going to do excellent. And matter of fact, I can't wait to hear it, you know? So uh, when you see the vulnerabilities, you dress it, right? You dress it. And uh, the thing is, y'all don't see me struggling. I don't say struggling, but uh, wrecking my brain during the week, studying and preparing and petitioning God and begging for him to please uh, be with me during my efforts, right? Because uh, I show myself vulnerable to her for her to dress it, right? And she dresses it, right? And so the helper, they're trustworthy with vulnerabilities, right? They're not going to leave you naked and exposed. They're going to dress it and, and cover you, okay? Number four, obey God even when consequence is possible. The midwives, right? Talking about Shepherd and Poole still, they could have been put to death for disobeying the king, right? They could have been put to death for disobeying an order given by the king. But they say, you know what? We fear God more than this king, right? We fear God more than this king. And uh, they defied orders, essentially, of culture, right? Of culture. And they ob obeyed God, and they received their own blessing, right? They received their own blessing. So when you obey God, even when consequence is possible, you too can receive your blessing, right? And so if, if you're the person that, uh, how can I say, if you were with a person that... Uh, you have been intimate with before and you say, you know what? I'm not having sex no more. I'm going to fear God. And they break up. That's okay. Yeah. Fear God instead. Right? If you're with a person and you say, you know what? I'm going to stop drinking. I'm going to stop smoking weed. You know? And they say, you know what? You're lame. You ain't got no time over here, so kick rocks. You know? That's a blessing. Amen. Obey God. Right? It's better to obey God. And uh, they might let you go, but guess what? It's better to obey God, okay? Because God has a heaven and hell to put you in. This person who you want to hang out and kick it with, they don't, all right? And so many of us, we prolong uh, what God is trying to send because we keep justifying what we have, okay? We keep justifying what we have, all right? Respect. Mm, respect. The universal love language for a man. Respect. All right. One of the brothers, can you please get Ephesians 5.33 for me? Ephesians 5.33. We're going to wrap this thing up. Well, 
What does that say? Ephesians 5 and 33. The reason I want somebody else to say it is because I don't want you thinking I'm saying it from my own my own uh, little notes. Okay, I want you to hear somebody else say it, so that way you know it's not me and it ain't even up there on the board. So what does Ephesians five and thirty three say? So nevertheless, mm-hmm. let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. All right, appreciate it. And so the husband is to love his wife. The wife is to respect her husband. Right? It doesn't say nothing about the wife loving her husband. It doesn't say nothing about the husband respecting his wife. It says the wife is to respect her husband. The husband is to love his wife. Universal. So God in his word has given us the sauce. Okay? And uh, here's the thing. It's powerful, but I'm sure some of y'all said that, you know what? Kyrie, you lost me at that one. He lost me at that one. Uh, but he said, I, he's going to have to give respect to get it. Got it. I understand that. But is that Bible? No. You got to give respect to get it. Uh, I, 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 I asked the question, aren't you being disrespectful to yourself by being with someone who's not respecting you? Right? If someone is blatantly not respecting you, aren't, isn't that self-disrespect? Right? And so if you're now in a situation because of a bad pick. Whose fault is that? Right. Right? Whose fault is that? That's on you. You know, so if you're with someone who's respectful, it shouldn't be hard to respect this man, right? But you're being self-disrespectful by being with someone who's not respectful. So uh, don't tell me, ladies, that you love him. I want to know, do you respect him? Amen. Right? Do you respect him? What do you respect about him? Okay? Because you can tell you, that, hey, I love this man, but I want to know, do you respect him? Because I've seen it time and time again as a police officer. I'm going to domestic, uh, domestic calls, and I'm locking the husband up because he done went upside his wife's head, and she's saying that I love him. I love him, but I love him. And you say you love him, but do you respect him? Chances are she'll say no. Right? So, ladies, you could, you could love them all day, but I want to know, do you respect them? Okay? Because we read in the text that wives are to respect their husbands, right? And women, you guys run off of love, right? We love you guys. Men, we run off of respect. You respect us, right? And so, husbands, love your wives like Christ loved the church. How do you love? Study the word. You got to study the Bible, you know. Uh, study Jesus. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love, love does not uh, boast. Love does not keep a record of wrong. Study Jesus, okay? Love her like that. You got it, you know. And wives, you respect your husband, right? You picked him. You said yes. We're not living in a society where we have arranged marriages and our parents hooked us up before we were born, you know. So you decided you wanted to be with this guy, okay? And now you're with him and Things ain't going your way. Maybe you should have been a little bit more prudent when you made the selection, you know. But uh, it all boils down to it, it, it takes maturity, right? It takes maturity. You, you respect his position, right? Don't just respect his person. Respect his position as your husband. 
okay? Wives, respect your husbands. And I'm also uh, suggesting that you respect and measure head. And, and I, I know a lot of guys try to throw that title out. Well, I'm your head, I'm the head, and whatnot. Well, lead like the head, you know what I'm saying? So if, if, if we're going to claim that we're the head, we need to be leading like the head as well. And how do we lead like the head? We follow Christ, right? And so as we follow Christ, she's going to follow us willingly. If she has that Bible influence, right? If Bible is her influence, then she doesn't have an issue with respecting you and following you, right? But I will say it, it, it's going to be very difficult, brothers, for her to respect you if you're not following Christ. It's going to be very difficult for her to respect you. But that's why we have to unlearn our influences, right? Because um, a lot of times we can be influenced by the wrong things. And uh, those who are influencing us may not intentionally mean us any harm, right? May not intentionally mean us any harm. But it can lead us astray if we listen to it, okay? And so that's why we have to discern Bible versus carnality, all right? And so a lot of guys view love as by not adding problems to a woman, right? We don't want to add problems to her, but a lot of women view love as by taking problems away, you know? That's ironic, you know? So uh, they say, you know what? Look at all the stuff I helped you with. You know, I, I took away this. I, had, I helped you out when you didn't have nothing. That's love for them, you know? But I could say, you know what? I'm not burdening you down with all my problems. You know, I'm not burdening you down with all these issues, you know? That's my love for you, you know? So we got to find that balance, all right? And so that universal love language for a man is respect. A lot, of, a lot of men don't want to go home at the end of the day because they're going home to a house that is not peaceful, right? So another helper quality is fostered a peaceful atmosphere, all right? A lot, of, a lot of men, I know personally, go home and they sit in the driveway, you know? They sit in the driveway because they don't want to break the ceiling in that door because they know it's, it's, it's going to be on, right? It's going to go down as soon as they break the ceiling in that door, and they don't want to do it. So they'd rather sit in the driveway. They'd rather work overtime. They'd rather go to the uh, basketball court to hoop with the friends. They'd rather hang out with the boys. They'd rather do anything but go home to their spouse. Right? Why? Because that atmosphere is not peaceful. And I got uh, a couple more scriptures, and I need y'all to get it fast this time. All right? So we're going to be in Proverbs, all three of them. All right? So Proverbs 21 and 9 says what? It is better to live in the corner. I'm going to give you another one. 27, 15 to 16. That's the one y'all get, but I got the first one. Proverbs 27, 15, 16. Somebody get that for me. So Proverbs 21 and 9 says, It is better to live alone in the corner of an attic than with a quarrelsome wife in a lovely home. All right? It's better to live alone in a corner of an attic than in a quarrelsome wife in a lovely home. You can live in a mansion, but if you got a quarrelsome wife, you don't want to be there, right? Yeah. You're not going to want to be there. And um, does anybody have the 27, 15, 16? A continual dropping in a very rainy day, a contentious woman, a wife. Whosoever hideth her, hideth the wind, and the ointment of his right hand, which he raideth itself. All right. So when I was doing my prep for this, when, when, literally, when I, when I read this passage, I was cracking up laughing. I had tears in my eyes. It was so funny to me because the, uh, it, it compares a quarrelsome wife to a constant dripping, right? It's, it's, it's annoying, right? It's very annoying, right? 
And then on top of that, in, in, in addition to her being very annoying, also says, who can control the, whoever can control her can control the wind. Okay? Right? Who, who can go out there and grab the wind and control the wind? Right? And also, on top of that, just to make problems worse, it says that the same one who can control the wind can control the wife. He also can grab oil with his right hand. Right? If you think about it, you pick up oil, it's going to run right through your fingers. Right? It, it's impossible. Right? It, it is impossible. And, and it is impossible to, to, to deal with a quarrelsome wife. But that's how it is. Right? And that's Bible. That's not me. That is Bible. Right? All right. Proverbs 12, verse number 4. Proverbs chapter 12, verse number 4. And this is how a husband views his wife if she's a good pick. Right? Proverbs 12 and 4 says what? A virtuous woman mm-hmm. is a crown to her husband, but she that maketh a shame is a rottenness in his own. All right. So a virtuous woman is a crown to her husband. He'll adorn her. He'll take care of her. He'll show her off. Right? But a disgraceful woman, another translation says, it's like cancer to his bones. Right? Like cancer to his bones. That's, that's pretty harsh. Right? And, and, and that's the power of a woman. Right? There's nothing against you, but that's the power of a woman. All right? And so why do I keep experiencing hardships unnecessarily? Well, it's, it's due to our influences, right? We talked about that. If we could get the word of God, uh, we can get that under control and, and, and know it and learn it and live it, then we can let that be our influence and stop being influenced by carnality, right? Stop being deceived by devils. Stop uh, staying in seasons longer than we have to. And we can also get our marriage off life, off, off life support, okay? That marriage can get off of life support. But if God is not in it, we're in a struggle, right? We, we, we are bound to drown, all right? If God is not in it, we are bound to drown. And we have to start seeking godly counsel, right? So watch what happens when you seek godly counsel. Watch what happens when you make Bible your influence, right? And I'm not saying you have to be a builder bear, but... Know this, kingdom men do need help, okay? Kingdom men do need help. And that's it, okay? That is it, all right? So if you make the decision that you want to make Christ your Lord and Savior, and you know that this is where you ought to be, this is where you need to be, the water's warm, the water's ready. All you have to do is just hear the word, all right? You hear the word and then you believe what you hear, then you... Confess God that he is the Christ, son of the living God. Repent and then be baptized for the remission of your sin. And we must live faithful after that. We must live faithful after we live our life down in here and decide we want to do things God's way. We must be faithful. And in doing so, it's not going to be an overnight process where you were a sinner and then you no longer desire to want to do it, right? We have to go through this unlearning process. It's a lot of stuff that we learned along the way up to this point. Now we have to unlearn what we used to learn. And now we have to relearn the word of God. Amen. And so if you would, stand for a word of prayer as well as a closing song. And I appreciate you all's attention. Give me now, oh gentle Savior.